Hey, Slingers, welcome back to another week of the Word Slinger podcast and interview episode with Jody Millman. She's going to be talking about how she was inspired by true crime, so stick around. Hey, you're looking for a jump on your own indie author career, but kind of confused about where to start? I got the place for you. Check out Draft to Digital. That's where you're going to be able to convert your manuscript, distribute it worldwide online, and get help the whole way from the best author support there is. Trust me on this one. So go check out Draft to Digital at drafttodigital.com slash wordslinger. It's the Word Slinger Podcast, where story matters. Build your brand, write your book, redefine who you are. It's all about the story here. What's yours? Now, here's the guy who invented pants optional, Kevin Tomlinson, the Word Slinger. Word Slinger. Well, I am Kevin Tomlinson, the Word Slinger. And uh, I'm hanging out here uh, on a uh, early on a Friday morning, just just tooling around. <laughs> Man, I got some big stuff uh, happening right now. Something uh, really interesting. I'm going to talk to you about in the uh, news segment after the interview. That's right. It's official. We got a whole news segment. We got a whole uh, ref- <laughs> reformat, a uh, uh, new format. We'll say uh, adjusted format. And some of it's sort of a return to uh, a popular thing that I had cut out because it was just too much work when I was doing video. <laughs> so, uh, someday. I'll come back around to that someday. Uh, today we're talking to Jody Millman. And uh, she is she's going to be talking about how she was inspired by a true life crime event in her hometown uh, to write her first. This is her debut novel. Um, so we're talking about that. Uh, the, the book's called The Midnight Call. Uh, very interesting. Got a female protagonist who is uh, with child, a, f- a pregnant female protagonist, attorney, <laughs> defending uh, someone for a murder uh, that uh, has a few twists and turns and uh, just the sort of thing you, you would expect for a thriller like this. So I, I'm intrigued. I have the book. I have not yet gotten to read the book because uh, this is happening in a very compressed time frame. But I wanted to make sure that this episode went live because uh, Jody's actually going to be making some appearances. Uh, she's going to be here in the Houston area at um, Murder by the Book. Uh, and I believe that is June 27th. So uh, if you're in the Houston area, uh, make sure you go check that out. I am going to try to go, um, although I'm... <laughs> I have some things happening that may take me out of town, but we'll see. Uh, that's just the way that goes. So anyway, I uh, want to throw that in there and uh, stick around after the interview. I've got a couple of news items. Uh, one in particular is just very much focused on me, but uh, I think you're going to dig it anyway. And uh, that's it. So let's jump into this interview with Jody Millman, and I'll see you on the other side. Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to the Word Slinger Podcast. Another week, another interview uh, on the Word Slinger Podcast. This week we're talking to Jody Millman. She's going to be talking about her new book and a couple other cool things. I know you're going to want to all hear about this. But first, let's welcome Jody to the show. Hi Jody, thanks for being here. Hey on. Kevin, nice to meet you. How you doing? <laughs> I'm good. Um, it is a million degrees in Houston right now. So uh, I don't know what it's like where you are. We have to get the weather talk out of the way first. Okay. Well, I'm in uh, Poughkeepsie, New York, which is halfway between New York City and Albany. So it's snowing. 
because it's oh, yes. just all last week it was know. snowing yes <laughs> <laughs> all southerners know about uh new york is that it snows 24 7. well it's in, sunny in 72 so we're we're beautiful good deal oh we had a glitch <laughs> oh boy okay okay we're back we're back okay okay yeah I, it's going to do that, folks. I'm sorry. I'll try to cut around it, uh, but uh, we'll we'll make do. So uh, sunny and beautiful, 72 degrees. I did catch that. So good. Congratulations on that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's talk about the new book first. Let's uh, let's jump right into that because that's that's the most important thing right now. Um, the uh, and I have the title. I had the title right in front of me, and then I bumped the screen. So the midnight call. The Midnight Call, yes. It's so really exciting. Yeah, well, first of all, it's my debut, debut novel, and it's a thriller. And the story is about a pregnant attorney who she receives a telephone call in the middle of the night from her mentor, her friend, Terrence Butterfield, saying, I think I've killed someone, and mm -hmm. asking for her help. So the story takes off there. Jesse's life, of course, circles down the drain once she makes that initial midnight call to go and help Terrence with his, uh, with his problem, his immediate problem. Okay. His, his tiny little problem. Tiny his little problem that no one else in the world can help him with, yes. <laughs> How very John Grisham. This sounds like a very John Grisham kind of kind It of kind thing. of is. It sort of is. <laughs> is, that what, is, uh, is Grisham one of your literary heroes at all? Actually, maybe uh, when the firm came out many years ago, but not really. Yes, yeah, you know? since then, there have been some left turns. Yes, since there have been. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I like know, You know, he really is the king of legal thrillers, and, and it's, it's tough to not have a comparison to him, but my book is totally different. That's it's, right. You're the first Jody Mil Millman. You're That's the right. Jody Millman. That's We're right. And you know what? She's a pregnant attorney. How many books can you say are written about pregnant attorneys? That's true. There I don't. Know. Yeah, I don't think I. I don't think I can recall a single one. So that's. <laughs> <laughs> and this is based on a true story. Yes, it is. It's based upon. <clears throat> I grew up here in Poughkeepsie, New York, and in 1969, of course, I'm dating myself. I had a junior high school teacher, history teacher. And then, um, I mean, he was one of the most popular guys. He loved the students. He was the kind of teacher that, you know, you'd go back to visit after you graduated because you, you dug him so much. So right. um, he was very popular. Everybody loved him. He would, he would um, if we were doing a topic on India, we'd throw a great big Indian banquet. I mean, he really engaged the students. Everybody really liked him. Yeah. Well, fast forward 10 years, and in 1979, Come home from, just graduated from law school, open up the Poughkeepsie Journal, and the paper says, teacher held in teenager shooting death. And below it is a picture of my high, my high school history teacher, Albert Ventress. Oh, no. And it was, unfortunately, it was a really brutal story. And yeah. the story really struck home to me because I knew the teacher, obviously. I'd been one of his students. I'd been, um, I knew the family of the victim. I knew all the attorneys involved. I knew all the judges. So that was the story that nagged me and nagged me from 1979 up until I started writing the story in 2010. Yeah. So it's really, it's, it's inspired by that murder. And the murder is the teacher. Um, one night, a teenager is trespassing through his yard. Mm -hmm. And the teacher kind of goes berserk and kills him. I mean, it was this totally random murder. Yeah. 
And so when something like that happens in a small community like ours, it really drives the point home. Yeah. You know, if you think about it. Yeah. Uh, I had, you know, I grew up in a small town. We had, we had a couple of interesting murders mm. that made national news. Uh, so I, I get that vibe. <laughs> Maybe I yeah. should write those books. I should totally <laughs> write those books. Um, well, you know, and, and when I, the story kind of, as I said, the story nagged me, but I knew I wanted to take that and create a whole world of characters of my own. Mm -hmm. I wanted a female protagonist. I'm, right. a, I'm an attorney myself, so of course you write what you know, right? Right. Yeah. So, um, and then I just started to build the whole world around this particular murder. And honestly, we know from the first line that this, uh, the antagonist thinks he killed someone. Right. The question is, why did he do it? What were his motivations? And how does the whole story unfold? Yeah. So uh, Okay. Now, you made some choices in this story that I'm curious about. Uh, now, okay. I, get, I get making her a female attorney because you are yourself a female attorney. Correct. Uh, but you made her a pregnant female attorney. Right. That's really interesting. And it does set, her, it does set this book apart. Uh, but I, I'm wondering what made you land on that? Did you have a similar experience or, or is this, no. did you just think this would be brilliant? You know, what was, what was interesting is I was attending a workshop in New York City at NYU. Yeah. And I was, it was a very, the very beginning of the process. And we were workshopping the first 50 pages of the book. And I knew that I wanted Jesse to have a child because I felt that putting, putting her in danger and having the child be a stake was really important to the novel. And we were talking about it, and the more we talked about it, the highest stake that a woman can really have is being pregnant and having that pregnancy be threatened by the outward experiences of her life. Yeah, that's, so, that's interesting. So that's really where that came from. Because people have said to me, oh, was this your first child? Was this your second child? No, it wasn't me. It wasn't me at all. <laughs> I plead it's, innocent. It's not based like specifically on true world events. <laughs> right. right, exactly, yes. Yeah. I think, um, so I was, I was trying to think of other stories I, I knew that had a pregnant um, protagonist. I think Fargo may have had a pregnant protagonist yes yes i think very she different was. story <laughs> yes i think so yes <laughs> so but there you go that's proof of concept um well that's very cool so i'm sorry go ahead go ahead i was gonna say it just raises the stakes it does raise the stakes and and i i cannot personally think of a, a faster way to get the reader you know on the edge of their seat uh than worrying about this baby right exactly. yeah. <laughs> this mother and her baby uh so yeah that's that's fantastic so okay this now this is your debut novel what made you because you've written some things before um what it was the it, you wrote uh seats new york that's is, am i reading that right yes and that's um, what it's it's a it's actually a theater guide to all the Broadway theaters and okay. all the concert halls and stadiums. So I actually inherited it because my father wrote the book in 1998. And what it has is all the seating charts to all the theaters, how to get cheap tickets, how to get free tickets, transportation, parking. It's, it's really like um, your ultimate guide to the savvy theater goer. Oh my gosh. And I want this really book. Great. It was really a great <laughs> book. And so in 1998, the book comes out. Unfortunately, my father passed away of a heart attack in 1999, right when the book was released. Right. So the, the publishing company came to me and they said, look, would you like to be his ambassador? Would you like to go on tour and 
you know, talk about the book. Sure. Yeah. So I did that. The book became a bestseller. Excellent. So, Excellent. so Hal Leonard, who was the publisher for the book, said to me, look, you know, do, would you like to, to follow and continue the series? So yeah. I wrote two additional editions of Seats New York. We did one of Chicago. And it's really, I have, to, I have to compare writing fiction to writing nonfiction. Really, as you probably know, it's apples and oranges. So it was really an exciting experience because I got to go to every single Broadway theater. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, really <laughs> that's, cool. That's really cool. very cool. Well, that's cool. cool. So, and but they, so, the, and I heard you were saying that these are the experiences were apple and oranges. Um, what was there anything that you learned in in writing those books that aided you in the fiction? Um, I'm going to have to say absolutely not. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. I kind of thought <laughs> you'd go another way. <laughs> except maybe the publishing process and how the publishing right. process itself worked. But I can yeah. tell you that being a lawyer and more to do with contributing to writing and yeah. the craft of writing than writing nonfiction. Right. Because when you're a lawyer, you're learning how to plot, you're learning how to research, you're learning how to write, you're learning vocabulary. And those are, those are uh, key skills that translate over really, really well to writing fiction, except mm -hmm. when you're a lawyer, they don't teach you how to be brief. And I'm going to say, brief, get it? Legal <laughs> I get brief. It. I get it. I got it. I got it. <laughs> so lawyers have a tendency to overwrite, let me put it that way. The but perfect the, for the novelist. Yeah, it is. Exactly. <laughs> except when your editor says, you got to cut that out. You got to yeah. cut that out. Yeah. <laughs> Why is that in there? Yeah, editors. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so you're, yeah, you know, I've talked to quite a few. What is it about lawyers becoming novelists, thriller writers specifically? You guys well, must just sit around like when this law thing doesn't <laughs> work out. Well, some of, actually, some of the greatest writers in American history are, have been lawyers or have studied the law. If you look at Mark Twain, yeah. he was a lawyer. Um, if you look at <coughs> Kafka, he was a lawyer. Yeah. A lot of very famous, uh, uh, James Fenimore Cooper was mm -hmm. a lawyer. And I think it's because <coughs> we're natural storytellers. Yeah. yeah. You know, we go before a judge, we go before a jury. It's our job to tell our client's story. Yeah. Yeah. So it's true. a natural transition. I mean, it's we are natural storytellers. Plus, it's, you are researchers. By, our, by nature. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I think yeah. that has a lot to do with it. And you know, at night, we're, you know, when you come home from a day's work and you've been dealing with murders and divorces and all kinds of crazy things, you're thinking about, you know, truth is really stranger than fiction. And right. I, got a, I got a lot of stuff here that would make some really good reading. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So how, so you drew, I know you drew this from a true life news story. Uh, did you draw on Correct. any of your lawyer experience for this story as well? So I'd have to say yes, that a lot of the procedure that you see in their books are things that I actually experienced myself. I know how the legal system works, you know, get the behind the scenes view of what the legal system is like. They're mm -hmm. gonna get it when they read my book. This isn't made up. That's, uh, those are always my favorite stories. The ones that have this little hook of, you know, real worldism uh, mm -hmm. built into them. So, okay. Um, Okay, I, I have to ask then, are you, are you already working on another book? You planning more of these? Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> Poughkeepsie is one of these places that has 
um, I call it a hotbed of bizarre crimes. Yeah. We've had serial killers. And so my next book is based upon a serial killer um, who is who is responsible for the mysterious disappearances of eight prostitutes over a period of eight years, or, or actually two years. Hmm. And that also strikes home because when I first started practicing law, a partner and I bought a building and we were right. having trouble because there were there were hookers who were standing outside of our building soliciting our, our clients as they were coming in. And <laughs> nice. we kept calling the police and saying, look, can you help us out with this? And gradually the girls were disappearing. And it mm. turns out that this serial killer was stopping outside of our office. Wow. Soliciting these girls and then taking them to the highway and the byway. Wow. So, yeah. That's yeah. Uh, wow. So that's, okay. my next, that's my next story. It's called Hooker Avenue. Okay. <laughs> you go right for them. I go um, right for them. Yeah. Very dark. Very dark. Wow. Yeah. No, that's pretty dark. Not, not only that, but that's a little scary. I mean, you guys were in that building. So, we were in, yes. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, ah. you know, he, he was a guy who was a, um, he was a janitor at one of the local middle schools. Okay. He, he attended, he was a local guy and everybody knew him. Yeah. And so like even, um, my secretary's daughter, you know, knew him from the middle school. I mean, everybody knew him in the community, just like everybody knew this teacher who is the basis of the midnight call. I mean, yeah. everybody, you know, it was yeah. the community is so small. We have maybe 35, 40,000 people in the community. Do so you, everybody uh, knows everybody. Do you work that element into the stories? Like this idea of the the shock of the community and yes. how everyone knew them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also what I've tried to do is weave actual locations into the book so yeah. that if you're familiar with the community, you know that it's a real place. Mm -hmm. And also you have something that you can relate to as a reader. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the shock of the shock of the community and the ripple effect is really the story behind the midnight call because when a murder happens it doesn't just affect the victim it affects all of the people it affects the victim's family it affects all of the people that live in the community so okay now you've got so you've got a second book in in a uh, process mm -hmm. it sounds like you got plenty of material to work from so oh, <laughs> only no <laughs> you do any additional research I mean do you you know how research intensive are these um, each book is extremely research intensive for for the midnight call I was able to go in, into the court records and so I could get an idea as to what motivates a killer um, again how the legal system works in mm -hmm. this particular case because believe it or not the case behind the midnight call is a precedent-setting case with regard to the insanity plea in New York State oh, so I mean okay. it's a really interesting case um, with the serial killer, I was able to attend the sentencing. So yeah. I was able to actually sit in the courtroom, see the killer, and hear the families address him and make their plea to the court. Wow. Um, another, yeah, I mean, so to me, I like to be hands-on because that way I think that I can relate uh, the actual story and the real feeling to yeah. the reader, which is really what every writer wants to do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a, uh, wow. That I'm I'm impressed by all that. <laughs> I feel uh, woefully inadequate now. My thrillers involve some like historical research, and then uh, everything else is made up. <laughs> <laughs> 
and, and uh, frankly, some of the historical research ends up being made up too. Uh, <laughs> it's an asterisk, right? <laughs> right, right, yeah. yeah. Based on true events, right. uh, sort of. Uh, very cool. So uh, you've got, I mean, well, are you, I assume you're still, a, you're still practicing as an attorney. So this is a full-time. Well, Actually, um, I would say that writing is really my, my full-time occupation at this really? point. Yeah, because okay. I write at least half the day. I yeah. mean, because not, not only am I writing fiction, but I write, um, I have a column in the, um, in the Sisters in Crime quarterly, which is called InSync on Publishing Law. So okay. I have that, and I'm, I'm writing that. Um, in addition, I'm, I'm blogging, but also... I'm involved in the philanthropy world as okay. well, which is really important to me. And I think kind of ties in with my interest in books and literacy. Yeah. Talk, talk a little about that because uh, you, 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 you brought this up and I, yeah. I'm always interested in uh, philanthropic work. So what, well, how's I'll tell it you about the really cool thing that, that I've organized. Okay. Um, in Poughkeepsie, we have a, a railroad bridge that was built in, 19, in 1898, and it was the first bridge that really connect, it was over the Hudson River that connected the west to the east. So they were able okay. to ship coal and they were able to ship timber back and forth to the, from the west coast to the east coast. In the late, in the late 70s, the bridge caught on fire. Okay. So someone came up with an idea, let's build a walkway. So in 20, uh, 10 years ago, the longest pedestrian walkway in the world was constructed on this bridge. So you can literally walk across the Hudson River, which is absolutely incredible. It's like a uh, mile and a half walk. Okay. So I was involved with the family foundation called the Dyson Foundation, which was instrumental in funding and creating this, this project. Mm -hmm. um, and I thought, okay, we have a beautiful park right at the bottom of this amazing attraction. Yeah. Um, and I created a movie series. So we call it Movies Under the Walkway. And we have it every summer where we show five free movies to the public. And this year we're like, we're doing, I call it our superhero summer. We're yeah. doing um, Mary Poppins Returns and Spider-Verse and um, How to Train Your Dragon and Captain Marvel and Shazam. And we get between 700 and 1,000 people, wow. which is absolutely incredible. It's absolutely free. That's and cool. we work with the local library to bring in, they bring in all kinds of activities for the kids at this beautiful park right on the Hudson River. So that's, that's spectacular. That is very cool. And that all, <laughs> isn't that cool? Yeah, yeah. That is, is, I mean, it's really, really cool. And it just was an idea. My husband and I were walking in the park one day. I said, you know what? Let's try to get this thing off the ground. And we did. And we have, we've had tremendous support from the community, from IBM, from our utilities, from, I mean, just local businesses have come out you know, to really yeah. help local radio stations is very, very cool. That's, uh, yeah, I dig that a lot. I, yeah. I, I might have to sneak up there and try, try that out. Yeah, yeah. Hudson. So, yeah, so that's uh, one of the things. And I also I work, I, I manage a small family foundation, yeah. which we started in 2001. And we've given away over half a million dollars to local charities. Oh, excellent. In the past 15, 15 years. So, I mean, being involved with books and literacy and the libraries, really important, especially as a writer. Yeah, you know? exactly. If have libraries, yeah. where would we be? I was, gonna, I was even going to ask, like, do you see a tie-in between your writing career and, you know, this philanthropic work? Absolutely. Because it's all, it's all based on literacy, if you think about it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. if, we don't, if we don't have libraries, 
especially making them free and accessible to people. And one of the things that I was a champion was about a bookmobile, was helping yeah. the library raise money so that people who couldn't get into the library, they now have outreach where the bookmobile will be able to go out into the community and bring books and activities to the kids. But okay. you know, as writers, I think we have a responsibility to spread the word, not only about our works, but about the works of of Kevin Tomlinson and you know other other, authors, exactly yeah. other authors it's really important that is important it's yeah. a big part of my life and career so yeah exactly authors, uh, reach uh, reach new readers and that sort See? of thing but also helping exactly. readers just like you're saying like it's uh, we sometimes we forget as authors that there is this group out there that isn't just a customer like right we're changing their lives with uh, our, our books uh, so it's important to look after them <laughs> that is true. We are changing. I mean, we are changing lives, maybe yeah. one little life at a time, you know, maybe yeah. some little girl will read my book and say, you know, maybe I want to be a lawyer now. Right. You never right. know. Yeah, exactly right. I mean, you know that. Yeah, exactly right. All right. Um, well, look, it's been a rough, it's been a rough broadcast. I, <laughs> I realize with the glitches and everything. Uh, but I'm, uh, I think, uh, I'm real pleased with how this has gone because I, I I'm fascinated by your book. I'm going to make sure I, I'm supposed to be receiving a copy from your PR folks. So uh, okay. that didn't come in yet, but it will, I'm sure it will. Uh, but I'll just go buy a copy. I'll go. Oh, pray thank you. I appreciate that. And everybody uh, out there. So you're, this is on pre-order. Well, by the time this airs, it'll probably be released, but right. June 18th is, re is the release date, right? Correct. Okay. Correct. And right. people can go to my website which is jodysusanmillman.com. I'm on Facebook at Jody Millman Author, and I'm also on Instagram at, at Jody Millman Author. So people can find me. I'm Excellent. all over the place. I love to hear from people. I, I will, do too. If, people, if I hear from people, I will, you know, reciprocate. Okay. <laughs> I'm the same way. I love hearing from everybody and I always respond back. So, uh, well, just in case dear listener, uh, if you did not catch any of those, um, URLs, they're all, every single one of these is going to be available on the show notes for this episode at wordslingerpodcast.com. Uh, Jody, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. This has been uh, fantastic. I, 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 I'm going to go, I'm going to uh, make a special trip just to walk across the Hudson river and maybe watch a movie. You'll be walking on air. And you know what? I'm going to come visit you in, uh, on June 26th oh, and 27th right. at Murder by the Book. Right here in uh, Houston, Texas. So everybody yeah. who is in the, Houston, the greater Houston area, and I know that's a, that's a long way. That's a big <laughs> place. Uh, so, but if you're in the greater Houston area, if you happen to be in the Rice Village area where uh, Murder by the Book is, come by and uh, say hi to Jody and tell her the word slinger sent you. Yes, please. That'll be great. I'm going to try to see you too. Hopefully I'm in town. I, I think I may actually be flying out of town around that time. I, I always miss everybody who comes here. <laughs> when, people, when people from this show are in Houston, it's inevitable that I'm in, you know, Poughkeepsie. Or, there you or go. <laughs> On the walkway, right? <laughs> On the walkway. <laughs> so, all right. Well, everybody, uh, right now, you're probably hearing the Groovy Bridge music. You may dance in place at will. And if you stick around, uh, I bet I have something to whisper in your ear on the other side. So I will see you then. And Jody, thanks again. Hey, how you doing on money? I know that's a touchy subject, but... Uh, I got something that may help you out. See, I'm using an app called Acorns. And it helps me manage some investing, uh, put some money back, get a little interest, 
it's kind of nice to watch my money grow. So I want to share that with you. Go to kevintumlinson.com acorns and you'll get some free money. See you there. Hey, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Joey Millman. Um, I, I love the whole idea. I, I, I love true crime. My wife and I watch a ton of true crime shows. Uh, you've probably watched a few of them yourself on Netflix, Hulu, etc. So uh, I follow a lot of that. Um, it inspires a lot of elements in my books. So it's a great source for writers um, if you are looking for inspiration. So uh, and definitely, I mean, uh, Jody's, Jody's work uh, dips into that. She's got a, the perspective of someone who uh, works in the field. <laughs> that does help. Um, okay, so right now let's get into this week's uh, news and announcements. Um, first up, I'll tell you about the uh, Barnes and Noble's back in the news again. Bar- BNN posts a profit in fiscal 2019 despite sales decline. Uh, this is coming from Publishers Weekly, and uh, you know we follow Barnes and Noble because uh, right now, so it's really tied in t- to. Uh, the way the traditional industry looks at the world, how, how they perceive how things are going. Um, and it has some impact on indies right now. But uh, just from this story, on, uh, and you can find this on Publishers Weekly, and I'll have a link to this in the show notes, so go check that out. But Barnes & Noble managed to post net income of $3.8 million for the fiscal year ended April 27th, 2019, compared to a loss of $125.5 million in fiscal 2018. (laughs) The improvement came despite a 3% revenue decline compared to fiscal 2018, with sales falling to $3.55 billion in fiscal 2019. The improved profit picture was due in part to a $50 million reduction in expenses. Same-store sales for the year declined 1.9%. that's just an excerpt from the article. You may want to go check out the entire article uh, for yourself. There's a little bit more information. It goes on a little bit longer. But uh, this is interesting because um, Barnes & Noble is in flux right now. And Barnes & Noble actually determines a lot of what happens in the publishing world. Uh, sales, from, sales from the storefronts themselves can, can uh, influence decisions made by the publishing houses. Uh, a lot of people are vying for positions on those shelves. Um, so we, you know, we've been, we always watch Barnes and Noble to see what happens. So it's interesting, uh, to see that they're doing better fiscally, but, uh, that, that growth seems to be coming from, um, <laughs> well, reducing costs. And when we talk about reducing costs in the retail world, we generally mean, uh, layoffs. And I think that's where this is coming from. We, I know they had a couple of, uh, really big layoffs over the past two or three years, um, which was, you know, has led to some sad news stories, actually. So uh, I'm anxious to see what's going to happen. Now that they've got investors courting them, uh, they, those guys have plans. Who knows what's going to happen there? But uh, it'll be interesting to see what shakes out over time. I do want to see Barnes & Noble continue to succeed. I'd like to see them grow, uh, become a little better than they are. So... Hopefully, you know, here's, here's hoping. Um, okay, in other news, uh, this is more of an announcement, but I just launched a brand new podcast called Written World Podcast, and uh, I am really thrilled about this. This is a reader-facing podcast. This is meant to draw readers into uh, 
my universe, as it were, uh, aimed at, uh, you know, people who would like the kind of stories I tell, the, the history, the quirky history stuff. Now, uh, if you're interested in that, I would be thrilled if you'd go check it out. Uh, go to writtenworld.us. That's the domain I've, uh, I've allotted, <laughs> picked out. Uh, but if you, if you hop on over there, you can actually uh, check out. I've got three episodes live right now. Um, they are starting to go live on all the various pl- podcast platforms. And what I would really love is to see this hit new and notable on iTunes. I know that the uh, iTunes is going away, but right now it's still uh, active. The uh, podcast app is there uh, separate. So if you're on iOS, you can still uh, check that out. On Windows, I don't know how that's going to work. I'm sure there's going to be a way to listen to Apple Podcasts (laughs) on Windows devices Android device. Maybe not. Maybe there's no way. Uh, but use Stitcher. Use Spotify. I'm using Spotify lately. Uh, and it's been great. I actually I love it. But not all podcasts are on it yet. But I can tell you, Written World Podcast is. So, <laughs> go, uh, go, uh, in fact, I spent a lot of time yesterday uh, submitting the podcast to as many different places as I could find. So, go check that out. Um, Search for Written World Podcast. It ought to bring it up. I was listening to it on Stitcher. It has gone live on Stitcher for sure. Uh, other other platforms, uh, maybe not so much. But it, I've been getting notifications saying that it's been accepted. Uh, Google Play uh, sent me one. I believe Apple sent me one. Uh, in fact, they did. Uh, so it'll, it'll be on all the majors. And uh, hopefully a few minors too. So, uh, But writtenworld.us. Check that out. It is going to be, uh, it's a lot of, it's been a lot of fun to pull these together. Now, this is the culmination of something I've been talking about for months, uh, which is that I started these as emails to my mailing list, little essays, um, and, uh, you know, they're based on the research for my book. So, the progression goes, research a book, write an essay, (laughs) or write the book. Let's put book in there. Research a book, write the book write an essay, send the essay to my email list, um, and then record myself reading that essay, uh, get some original music from Nick Thacker at sonataandscribe.com. Definitely check that out. And then um, post the essay and the podcast on my website. So now I get some SEO benefit from the uh, text of the thing. I'm going to share those those posts on Medium uh, so they get even more reach. The podcast, uh, if I can make the podcast hit new and notable on um, iTunes and their podcast app, then uh, it'll get even more reach. And then the idea is people who check this out, these are like 15-minute episodes. These are really short. Um, but if, they, if people who check these out, if they like them, they're probably going to be the right audience for my books. And I do put a call to action to go check out my books in each episode and on the site where the blog is. Uh, got a cool uh, cover art for that podcast, by the way. <laughs> very cool. I, like, I mean, it was, it's simple. It's very simple, but it looks so great. And I, it's something I did in like, you know, literally like three minutes. And it just first try just came out exactly the way I 
had hoped it would. Uh, so uh, let me know what you think of that. There's nothing fancy about it at all. It's just text on a uh, gradient background, but it, it, the way uh, the treatment is something I liked. So, um, but this is all moving towards a grander plan, folks. This is all uh, written world is going to be a big thing. My my plan for written world uh, is going to be a big thing in the world in the universe uh, going forward. So this is an, this has been a great opportunity to uh, get that off to the right start. I went ahead and posted all three of the current episodes I have recorded, <laughs> and I'm going to record more. Uh, and I'm probably going to do a cadence, try to do a cadence of like once a week with these guys. Um, it may have to be stretched a little more. It just depends. Production on this is a little different than Wordslinger podcast. So it all kind of really comes down to a few factors. One of those is the music. Uh, Nick has done an amazing job with the music for the first three episodes. You definitely want to hear that. If you are on the fence at all about hiring him to do your, uh, to do a soundtrack for your book, uh, to do a score, like a, almost a film score. It is not just almost. It, it's, it's very much like a film score for your book. If you're on the fence at all, if you've been thinking about it and you haven't done it yet, um, it is worth it. Just go go over to sonataandscribe.com and uh, check that out. Reach out to him. Let him know. Actually, go to sonataandscribe.com slash uh, written world. sonataandscribe.com slash written world. That's the sort of... That's the tag that's at the end of the episodes uh, on Written World Podcast right now. So, <laughs> If you can't find the podcast on your favorite podcast player right now, you can find it at writtenworld.us. Uh, but that's my big announcement. That's my news for today. Um, this, this Friday. I don't want to date it. I don't want to date it. Um, anyway. I hope you enjoyed uh, everything. I hope you enjoyed the interview. I hope you enjoyed the news segment. Uh, I hope you do enjoy Written World. Uh, that That's going to be an amazing thing. I'm just really excited about it. And uh, let me know what you think. There are comments. You can leave comments on that each of the episodes on the site. Um, you can go to kevintumlinson.com, by the way, and just find it. It's it's there. I even have it on the homepage. Um and uh, just uh, you know, let me know. You can email me from the site or you can uh, tag me on social media. But do me a favor and go share that far and wide. Get people listening to that in as many uh, regions as possible all over the world. Uh, especially encourage them to go find it on iTunes, <laughs> Apple Podcasts, because that's where I'm going to get the biggest uh, kick and the most traction. So. Much appreciated. So that is it for this week's uh, Word Slinger podcast interview. Uh, I am breaking these up now. And I'm going to have a, a, a little something going f- with each one. It's really been kind of fun to do this, actually. I like the solo episodes, I think, quite a bit. <laughs> and people seem to be reacting really well to those. So that is it. Uh, I've got a whole lot of cool stuff i got to co- hop into next but, uh, and you'll be hearing about some of this. Some of this is related to how you can market your books. It's going to be fun and uh, exciting and, uh, and lucrative. <laughs> so, take care of yourselves out there. God bless you. Thank you so much for empowering me the way you have. Uh, and I hope that I am empowering you in return. Uh, you know, you supporting this show has been uh, fantastic. Uh, this is really a labor of love for me, uh, so far. I'm trying to monetize it a little better now, mostly because I just feel like I'm 
I'm leaving money on the table if I don't. <laughs> but I'm trying to monetize it in ways that don't come directly out of your pocket, you know? Uh, so I hope that uh, I hope that you get something really useful out of this show. God bless you. I'll see you all next time.